Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The very beginning of Matthew chapter 7 starts off with Jesus preaching to the crowd. And in those verses, at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus says this, Judge not that you not be judged, for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged, and with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And if you remember correctly, a few weeks ago we had that parallel account in Luke's Gospel. So then here we are today, and a few paragraphs later, Jesus teaches what you heard a few minutes ago. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So now we have uh, Matthew 7 beginning about not judging. And here Jesus is telling us to judge. It's interesting, isn't it? But we see, though, that Jesus is teaching you how to judge things that you hear. He's teaching you really how to think. And that's an important thing. Because he's teaching you this because there's something very important at stake. Your eternity. Because try as anyone might to the contrary, you're going to be listening to preachers. You're going to be listening to voices. People telling you stuff. And not all of these preachers are in churches that can be heard and seen in the things which we hear and see daily. So what do you do? What do you do when you hear all of this stuff? Even if you try to shut it out. Well, Jesus teaches you. You recognize wolves in sheep's clothing by their fruits. Judge what you see and hear by the life and content of the preachers. Now, primarily, and this really is about the church, about false preachers. So ironically then, too, at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, when he talks about, he says, you hypocrites, a wolf in a sheep's clothing is what? A hypocrite. But it's good for you to consider this first and foremost, that he's talking about this in the church. False preachers exist. Jesus tells you that. He warns you. Not only does he warn you, but he tells you how you will recognize them. This is why you must be concerned with the scriptures. One of the things that's so tempting for us is for us to get caught up and lose sight of the things of God. Easily get swayed and lured into the lies of the devil. Now, it manifests itself in different ways. And one of those is what you heard in the Old Testament reading from Jeremiah, where God warned his people, and he warns you about false prophets. He said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets, who prophesy you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, no disaster shall come upon you. So did you catch that? The prophets were telling people who despised the word of the Lord, who didn't want to hear it, who didn't want to follow what God says, you'll be okay. Or they were telling people, follow your hearts, 
And they said, no disaster will come upon you. That was in Jeremiah's day. They were telling the people those things. Now, doesn't that sound like 2022? It doesn't matter what year it is. Wolves in sheep's clothing, false prophets, they exist. And we, sinners, we like to be told that we're okay in our sin. We don't like to hear those words of admonishment. But the thing that false prophets do is they don't admonish. They don't call to repentance. They don't teach what God says. What do wolves do? Wolves entice. Wolves sneak. Wolves affirm people in their life choices. And wolves may challenge people, but they direct them to find comfort and new life in themselves. The girls have many different variations of the, the three little pigs, right? That story with the wolf. And what's the wolf always trying to do? Well, come out and do this. Come out and do this. This is fun, right? Always trying to get them out of their house so it can huff and puff and blow it down. So wolves then also, they redefine terms. They twist God's word. They don't point you to where God is found. They don't point you to turn from your sin and to find consolation only in Christ. They don't point you to your baptism, to, a, to the Holy Scriptures, to the Lord's Supper. They want your life and your Christian life to be in your hands, to be in your experiences, your prayers, which to say it's ultimately in your own works. But all of those things are deadly because a wolf in sheep's clothing is a wolf, and we're sheep. And wolves and sheep, they don't mix. So Jesus says this too in the gospel reading when he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's always terrifying for us to hear. It's terrifying for our pastor to hear, too, as we hear this. And it's always an interesting thing how early this comes every year in the Trinity season. We're only at Trinity 8. And at the end of the Trinity season is where we get things about the church militant, the church being under attack. So we hear then during this summertime and things like that about the parables and all these teachings, but Jesus kind of gives us this shot in the arm and said, always be on guard, be alert, be in the scriptures, know them, read them. It jars us back so that we look at our lives, look at what we hear, what we see, what we read. So understanding then what Jesus says, it isn't hard, but it makes us uncomfortable at times. Because the reason is deep down, we don't like controversy, especially Midwesterners, right? We have Iowa nice, Minnesota nice, all of those things. Although being Iowans, right, Minnesota and nice, we might not associate that together. But we have to think, we have to evaluate what we hear and see. And we do this in our lives in any and various things. So our society and ourselves included, we're consumer-driven. We want to just consume content, being on our phones, tablets, television, or whatever medium we make use of daily. We want to just absorb those things. And then we rejoice when we find relaxation in simply being an observer who doesn't have to engage our minds with what we're confronted with. We just want to see and hear and not have to think. So we want to be at the church then uh, so we want to be at the church that is in this new up-and-coming thing, or that we can just sit back, show up, and not have to think. We want to fit in, don't want to have to evaluate what's going on around us. Perhaps, though, this has a great deal, has become such an issue, even in the church, is because we haven't been taught to think. We have been taught 
what it is to look at things and hear them and recognize those fruits. So even in our education, right, in the secular world around us, it centers around being told what to think rather than how to think. You see that in the news all the time, right? Being things shoved down the throats of kids and just kind of regurgitating then those things back. We're shown images and, then, and uh, how we should be offended then by certain things that go against that grain or that narrative and then rock the boat of the current wave and the culture. So then, my generation, then we need trigger warnings before something would ever dare enter into our view that maybe would cause us to stop, to think, and say, what's going on here, right? Don't offend me. Give me a safe space where I can just sit and absorb. So outside the church, you apply this thinking and mindset, how you look and interact with the world around you. As farmers, you do this. As you think and you look at things like seed, you look at the soil, you look at the weather, you think, how does this all fit together? What is this going to produce? How do I fit into this? You look at organizations. How do they speak about God? How do they speak about families? How do they speak about children? How do they speak about things which are good, true, beautiful? Are these things mocked? Are they downplayed? Are they redefined? Or are they just flat out rejected? That's a sure sign of what is going on at the base and root of those trees. So you judge them by their fruits. So Jesus tells us that he is the vine and you are the branches. So thinking about all of this and where we fit into it as the church and society and who we are as individuals, Jesus in John 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So amid all of this admonishment and warning that Jesus gives us in the gospel reading today, we also see something else. Dear people of God, Jesus, he's no false prophet. Jesus isn't a wolf in sheep's clothing. Rather, Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus is your Redeemer. What are his fruits? Well, he healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He made the lame to walk. He raised the dead. But you see, dear people of God, Jesus himself is all of those fruits as well as he himself is God in the flesh who laid down his life for the life of the world and raised it up again. He is who he, he, is who he says he is, just as he was promised of old. And for you, dear saints of God, you have those fruits of his life, his death, and his resurrection. You know Jesus by his fruits. You know him by his word. And all of those things that he has accomplished, he gives to you. And he produces great fruit in your life. And he says that your sin is forgiven. He says that you have eternal life. 
And he says that he will raise you up on the last day. So that's who Jesus is. That's your Lord, and he's no wolf in sheep's clothing, but the good shepherd who has laid down his life for you, his sheep. And so we are warned this day as we continue in this Trinity season. There's no excuse for us not to hear or read God's word. We're blessed in the English language to have so the Bible readily available to us and being able to read it and study it and hear it. So God admonishes us to do this. Be in the word of God. See to it that it dwells in you richly. St. Paul did not shrink from proclaiming the whole counsel of God in that reading from Acts. Expect nothing less of your pastor, too. Hold him accountable for the words that come out of his mouth. My mouth. Hold me accountable. Judge me by my fruits. And listen to those words. And judge me by the scriptures, just as the Bereans did in the book of Acts when St. Paul preached to them. They said, is this what he, is what he says in accord with God's word? So hear that word. Listen. Think. And in so doing, know that you are clothed by that same word. You have the armor of God that you wear as you have been given those in the, that in the waters of your baptism. And what that means is that in Christ, no false prophet can deceive you when you have that sword of the Spirit, the Holy Scriptures. And you can defend the flaming arrows or darts, as some translations have them, of the devil. They go bouncing off of Christ who has, who has over them over and all their lies. He's conquered them, and Satan's arrows lie broken all around you. And take comfort, especially that your Lord has redeemed you and he's called you his own. And for that, we give thanks. Because he is yours and you are his. And he will guard and keep you in his care, producing abundant fruit, even as his fruit is yours, now and forever. Amen.